Hi guys, it's Candace Kumai. Welcome to the Wabi Sabi podcast, episode number 76. Today we'll be speaking about embracing your neighbors in light of the situation of the Ukraine and Poland, its next door neighbor, tracing our past, regrouping on what have we really learned through these past two years? Have we become better people from the pandemic or have we become worse? I am afraid that we saw the best and the worst in all. And I'm also certain that we now know what suffering really does feel like. And we can see as we watch refugees flee their home country of the Ukraine, the pain and the sorrow and the misery that these people were ripped from their homes and having to also be ripped from their families and to separate freedom. There is a beautiful program that 60 Minutes came out with very recently, and I urge you to look this up. It's on CBS's news website. It is called Slava Ukraini, Ukrainians Escaping War and Joining the Fight, Crossing Paths at the Polish Train Station. It is very powerful, and it speaks about how some of the men who live in Poland already, who are of Ukrainian descent, have chosen to cross paths with the refugees coming in on track four in a very small town in Poland. Scott Pelley does an amazing job of reporting and helping for us to understand that when somebody needs help, we help them. And now in the 21st century, we see almost the past repeating itself And with 1.7 million Ukrainians being displaced in a matter of 11 days, this is a full catastrophe, and I hope and pray it puts perspective into your life. How lucky we are. How can we help? I will surely leave you links today, and please do me one favor, just one. This podcast has been free and I pay for it every single week out of my pocket for you. Just make a $5 donation if you can to the International Rescue Committee, rescue.org, or you can choose to make your donation wherever you'd like. But I know that UNICEF, Voices of Children, Doctors Without Borders, Network for Animals. These are some viable places where you can donate just $5 today. It would mean the world to me if we could put forth our money towards others that are in dire need. There are so many people that are stuck at train stations in Poland right now because they have nowhere to go. Imagine what it's like being abandoned there. But please, if you have a chance... I'm not an advocate on watching hard news all day, but when a news magazine like 60 Minutes comes along, puts out a beautiful story called Slava Ukraini, the Ukrainians truly are an inspiration to the world and the Polish welcoming the Ukrainians because they have embraced their neighbors. They see the commonalities, the intersection of embracing differences, And actually, they see themselves in the Ukrainian people and vice versa. So when 60 to 80,000 people are coming in off of a train and flooding different countries, because as they should for their very own safety, their lives count on it. 
It has been beautiful to see Poland open their arms with hot coffee, tea, coats, SIM cards, anything they can do to help. I will also really address the fact that, of course, at many borders across Europe, they are not letting in other refugees, which is heartbreaking and not right and not cool. I shake my head at the process in which we look at others and the color of their skin and their belief system versus just the fact that they're a mere human. Should someone's fate be determined by where they come from and what they look like and the color of their skin? Or shouldn't everyone have access to clean water, to safety, to shelter, to live life? Shouldn't everyone's life have the same exact value? And as Americans, how shitty of a job have we been doing as far as helping other countries? Now, if you already volunteer or you're in the military or you're in the service industry where you don't get paid to do what you do to volunteer, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking about all the shitheads who spend all their time on social media, who think that their world is the world, and it's not. And it's it's also got to stop. This self-service narcissistic society is doing no one any good. Why don't we choose to volunteer more? If you have 3 million followers on TikTok, then start raising money for people that need help. It's not just the Ukrainian refugees that we should be speaking about today. It is the intersectionality of our differences, embracing them and being good to your neighbor. Raise money for any refugee out there that's in need. Do something except complaining or bitching or constantly posting ridiculous rubbish. It does nothing but make this world stupider than it already was. Now, these are my opinions because this podcast is my only outlet in which I can be 150% myself. I'm not like going full-blown 200 because I'm quite wild, crass, and very well bad-behaved, I'll say that. But I also think that you might be too. And while we're at it, I'm just going to drop this gem right now. While writing a spirituality book... I would rather hear from somebody who has lived a very colorful life, full of adventure, drugs, drinking, alcohol, sex, addictions. I don't want to hear some clean, squeaky, fabulous, perfect person tell me how to live my life. So as far as I'm concerned, the more you've lived, the more you've done. Think Anthony Bourdain. The more I am going to embrace your life and listen to you. By no means is writing a spirituality book make me any better of a person than anyone else. And by the way, I am the most, I'm sorry, I'm the least likely to write this type of book and I'm also the least qualified. And I will say that with all due respect to all of those who write professionally in this sector. But I do believe that a new zeitgeist needs to be written and it is time for us to follow a new medium. As a child of a Buddhist mother and a Christian Polish father, embracing intersectionality is our fucking M.O. If you don't know what that stands for, it means modus operandi. It's like your fucking thing. It's what your fucking blood and guts and sweat are made out of. If you're not dripping what you are, then who the fuck are you? 
you know, as a kid, I got made fun of for being Japanese. I was constantly called Chinese, even though I have nothing to do with China. And I took the grunt of every joke. And I also got Polish jokes. Do you know what's not funny is making fun of a country that was invaded from two sides. Germans on one, Russians on the other. Is that funny to you? Looking at what's happening to these people in our 21st century with digital media, now that you can see an insider on what that shit is like, the most disturbing thing that Americans have done is make fun of other cultures. It is so sad. The history of this country will never be equal because it is a systemic problem. So our leaders must step up and start speaking out. They must help start hiring more minorities, start allowing for more immigrants to have higher paying jobs, start seeing other people, see them. The one thing that is so sad also is in our society is we don't see so many people until they're dead. And even then there's been genocides and murders, things that we did to indigenous people and these unmarked graves of children that have been showing up it predominantly in Canada, but these schools were in the U.S. too at one point where indigenous children were taken from their parents and buried in unmarked graves and nobody ever gave them any justice or any dignity that they deserved. Why is it that when people die, we celebrate their life? Why aren't we good to other people when we're next to them every day? And you know what? While we're at it too, I appreciate everybody who goes out for Black Lives Matter and AAPI, Stop Asian Hate, which I do not like that phrase at all. It shouldn't have the word hate in it at all. If if I were those people, I would have started the campaign um, Love on Asians. Like flip it around because Mother Teresa once said, if you invite me to an anti-war rally, I won't be attending but if you invite me to a peace rally, I will attend. Flip the script and, and actually put your money where your mouth is, you guys. So if you're going to say, back to my point, oh yes, my billion dollar corporation that I work with does so much work with AAPI help. How about you just ask your fucking AAPI friend how they're feeling? And if there's anything you can do to help them. How about you ask your black friends, what can I do to be of better service to you? And that goes for every race. Every Asian can help every black friend and every black friend can help an Asian friend. And when we get closer, we get better. This podcast isn't meant to divide. I want to unite. It is not them versus us. It is we. It will always be we until the end. And my God, I don't want to write a spirituality book. I'd rather write a book on doing drugs and cocaine and having wild sex for the rest of my life. But I'm not going to do that because I wasn't chosen to do that. I was chosen to be this person. Whatever that may be, take it for what it's worth. I was here to speak on Wabi Sabi. So many difficult conversations are meant to be had on this podcast that we haven't had yet. I will start inviting guests on. <laughs> I believe Jenna Kutcher and I are meeting up in April. So the end of April, we'll do a recording for you. And there's other women coming along the way too. But a lot of these conversations as a storyteller by nature, 
I observe the world and then I sort of just take it all in with a deep breath in solitude and peace. Bruce Lee once said, be still like water. When we are in our solitude and when we are still, we can process so much more information. When we are calm during the storm, when we stop looking around and start looking within. Now, all I needed to hear from one friend very recently was a simple mere apology for 30 years of just being like berated with racial, uh, I guess you could say teasing that wasn't funny to me when I was little, but it was funny to everyone else. So if you were like me and you grew up being the grunt of so many jokes, at a certain point, that person is going to come out, you know, guns blazing and all. And I believe that the catalyst for my work, if it was all of that negativity and hate as a child, it was transformed over the last 30 years into the books that I write now. And much like the indigenous people who are robbed of their childhood in a way, we see them going back to their roots and learning where they come from and who they are as a process of healing. So if you need to do some inner work and you resent or have grudges or have anger towards something that happened to you in your childhood, I really, really recommend that you do a deep dive into that process And then you find out what exactly is it that helps you to heal. For me, this is very individual, but I write books to heal. For you to heal, for me to heal, to bring together the we in the world. I don't write books for myself. I don't, the contracts don't work that way. I don't make shit off of books. (laughs) That's why you see me with all these brand gigs. It's not like I want to be, um, well, I guess it's fun, but you know, it's it's not that I want to do a bajillion projects. It's actually more that I have to. So if you're like me and you needed to heal from a bit of childhood trauma, what I did was the more I tapped into Japanese or Polish culture, the more I put together pieces of my life that began healing my wounds like kintsugi and that is why I write the books that I write the spirituality book coming up with audible is merely a love letter to you so that you feel like you belong because if you were like me and you grew up with immigrant kids and you had one other friend out of 20 that had immigrant parents you felt like an outsider You felt different and you got teased. And it's okay. We can grow through these issues. Noble truth number one in Buddhism says, we will all face suffering for life itself is suffering. Then we believe through the other noble truths that there is a way, a pathway to the cessation of suffering. And we believe in this. And then we practice that, and that is life itself. We practice the fact that we know 
life is suffering and then we do something about it. So when we see others on the other side of the world hurting, we are empathetic. We will pray to them. If you do not have the $5 to donate, pray for them. Pray for them. I pray that every refugee in this world is loved and that I say, I'm so sorry for your losses. You take a big L, the rest of the world is watching you with so much love and grace and empathy. And how can we hold you? How can we hold you? Sometimes all somebody needs is a big ass hug. You know, I'm going through my own demons in this process. And I feel like when things are good, they're real good. And then when things are bad, I learn. I learn so much. There is a gift when things go wrong. And I am trying to open the gift every single day until the book deadline is done. This is the most enriching time I've had in my life at 39 years old. At 39. I feel so awake and so alive and so present. And although not perfect, I hope you feel the presence of pain because pain is our greatest teacher of all time. If you think you know everything and you think making a million dollars or having a Birkin bag or like looking a little bit too crazy on social media with your weird surgery face, if you think those are important, I mean, you're in for a rude awakening because when life itself is suffering and we realize that it's suffering and there's a cessation to suffering, we must learn that life isn't about the exterior. It it would you would never be able to live a whole life until you have felt and seen and heard it all. Oh. I was so happy to catch up with two close friends from childhood. Courtney one day, Carly the next day. I feel lucky that I got a Kleenex box from my mom. And I sat with each of them in my Jeep and I just cried. I have held in a tumultuous amount of pain from childhood. And it isn't until you're ready to like let that go. It was truly magnified during the pandemic. And so when we speak about what have we learned? Here's what I've learned. I've learned that... My black friends, particularly Jerry, Jerry, Janelle and Barry. Sorry, I tried to combine your names. They are in a different podcast episode. If you want to catch that episode on Black Lives Matter, that they have so much fear that they constantly have to live in in this country. And so that is preventable on behalf of everybody who is a non black citizen of the U.S., you be kind to everyone and treat them well. I have learned that Asians don't rally together. They don't. They simply stay individualistic because that's safe, right? And it wasn't until this pandemic hit that we started to unite 
And it was really the hardcore American, Asian Americans that said, I'm fucking with you. And we need to continue that to embrace each other. And I've learned that my black friends have it so much worse than we even know. And we cannot compare the things that they go through that we've gone through. Everybody has a different story and variables and facets. And we need to respect their culture because systemically in the U.S. it has been broken for a long time. And until those elements of our system in the U.S. are fixed, unfortunately, those people who fall under the category of low income, you know, alcoholism, crime in the family, it will continue in this cycle. So there's a lot that we can do, even if it means just volunteering with children at the Boys and Girls Club like I've done, or maybe it means that you go out into the world and you discover your own spiritual journey so that you can help others along the way. Every church has volunteer programs. Every Salvation Army is so close to you. It starts right where you live. And then there is a ripple effect in this world. Whether you want to believe that or not, it's true. We've also learned that one man's ego actually does have so much power that it is scary. And we must remember we have to have compassion for everyone. I have compassion for everyone who teased me as a kid. I have compassion for all of those who are fighting on both sides of the war, whether I agree with them or not, does not matter because compassion knows no limits. Empathy has no boundaries. We must freely and openly use these resources for others because they come from our heart and mind. We must remember that if we come from families of World War II, if we are the descendants of children who once survived through the war, we owe them because we are living for their, from their fight. Their fight is the reason why we are free in this day. I will tell you that watching 1.7 million Ukrainians flee is heavy. And so for you to limit the amount of news intake you take on a daily basis, it is so heavy. And I would rather have you donate to rescue.org than to continue to watch. They are so brave and the polls have been so welcoming and warm. And I still pray that they will help to let other refugees in, not just Ukrainians but Syrians, those from Africa, those from the Middle East. We all have a place and a home, and maybe that can be Poland for them. I pray that the other neighboring countries in Europe are strong and that they learn to stand up for what is right, and they welcome all refugees with open arms, which they have. I pray that the Ukrainian people are safe and that they understand the world is here for them. It is beautiful to see everyone unite in this time and to see the UN come together, but it is going to be even more beautiful to see the acts of kindness and love. And that is why I predominantly do want you to watch one news magazine show this week if you can help it. There are so many parallels between World War II 
and the struggle of the Poles and how many people were killed by Stalin. The numbers are really not, they're not accurate because history is very dark. It is very unusual for somebody like myself who works in the field of wellness and journalism to focus so much on war. But as you will get to know me and my story, much of it is revealed in the next book. You will understand the intersect of war and how it affects wellness. You'll understand the intersect between war and humanity. And you'll understand the intersect between war and empathy and compassion. And this one is a no-brainer. There is a huge intersect between war and survival. And that's sort of where we're at right now. And this very dark and gray place, right? There's nothing that's clear. Everything is very gray and in the middle. I don't like reporting on this particularly, but I do think it is so powerful for us to talk about how we can really be a better neighbor and let up on others. You can choose to be nasty for the rest of your life. I too was a mean girl. I told you guys I'm not perfect. And in order to rewrite what I believe works as a spiritual belief system, I had to live it to be it. I don't want to read a book by a 20 year old unless they've gone through something crazy. I get it. I get why I wasn't signed, you know, at at 20 with books and, until I got a bit older. It, it all is about wisdom and kindness, grace and empathy, experience, life experience, and the history of where we're going. When we can trace our past and when we can mark what we've learned, much of it is through history and more. That can help us to be better in the 21st century, a time where we did not see this coming. It feels like this war set us back 60 years. So what can you do to embrace your neighbors, trace your past, and say, what have we learned? First and foremost, definitely service those who are in need. So if you go to rescue.org, you'll see what IRC does, and I have worked with them in New York City for about a decade now. What a beautiful program. 87% of the money that you give will go to the program's services. And the services include things like, you know, getting people clean food, water, health, education, empowerment, safety. The approach is centered on women and girls at times, especially now in neighboring countries. Um, and then they work in Africa, Asia, Europe, Latin America, the Middle East, and the U.S. So really all over the world. And the IRC has been around for so long. I'm going to make my donation right now while we are on this podcast together. So the IRC did head out to Poland. They're on the ground right now working with displaced children and families with vital supplies. Don't think that every single Ukrainian coming into Poland has a place to stay. There are thousands that do not. And so this is where we come in and we say, your money actually is better spent here than on your next cocktail night out. You can stay in for three nights and save, you know, 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 60 bucks, 90 bucks. 
You don't need a Birkin bag. You don't need fancy shoes. You don't need flashy shit. In fact, vintage is really coming back anyways. So like an old pair of Levi's, a beat up leather jacket, classic white tee, Ray-Bans. I mean, these are things that I've always worn and I still think I'm cool. Maybe I'm not that cool. I don't know. (laughs) I always ask Meredith, is this cool? You know how you have like one friend who's like your total... uh, your cool gauge, Meredith, fashion designer, smoked cigarettes, lived in Asia the last few years. I love her so much. We lived together in New York and like crushed that town. I mean, we were like living the life out there. And now we're um, in LA together, which has been fabulous. And it's so nice to have her because when you have open-minded, like-minded friends who've also traveled and worked in other parts of the world, You can really see and feel so much more of the devastation of people when you see suffering. Suffering can be self-inflicting, but in other parts of the world, these are things that they simply economically cannot sustain, like clean water, food for their children, providing accurate and stable housing, and a warm room, a blanket you know, just a cup of soup to drink. The train ride that you'll see on the 60 Minutes special is so wonderful too. It talks about how the, I believe it's track four, arriving in a small town in Poland has a multitude of history and it is actually sort of showing up again, like all things come full circle. When it comes to tracing our past, one must recognize that while Stalin killed millions of people, starved them to death, um, murdered them, sent them to Siberia to become slaves, we do not speak about this openly. I don't know why. I suppose I do, but (laughs) I'm going to just speak on it because my grandfather was one of those people taken on one of those trains and while he escaped he was one of the lucky few and I count my lucky stars that I come from a lineage of survivors when you trace your past you're able to see who you truly are and you can thank your grandparents for the things that they did thank you grandpa you're a light in this world and also a hero My dad is probably the most humble person in our family. My mom is a close second. But my dad really is like a champion and a man of very few words. And he burns through Clive Cussler books like a fucking cigarette. And I love him. He's like a badass. He doesn't say a lot. He doesn't brag. He's not annoying. Barely hear him laugh. Very stoic. Very possible. You know, back in the day, the borders have changed so many times between the Ukraine, Poland, Russia, and all neighboring countries. You don't know where you came from. When you trace back your roots, you could have been from Russia or Poland or Germany or, you know, Hungary or um, Moldova. Like everything is sort of intertwined down there, the Ukraine. And also don't forget that Russia owned or they uh, took over many different parts of Europe. So... It, it has been a ride. And if you can imagine living out there, what kind of anxiety you might have and living in fear, constant fear for your life, your family's lives, those you love, 
that's heavy. And that's stuff that we pray for in alleviating suffering in this world. When we trace our past, we find where we can put our prayers. Because when the monks are out praying, they're only praying because they know darkness exists. Otherwise, they wouldn't be praying. The contrast between light and dark, one must learn to live with the other. So what have we learned in conclusion? Once we learn and trace our roots, I hope to all my Polish friends out there that you have felt that deep, warm gratitude. And maybe we can all help to do a job in talking to our ancestors back in the motherland that they should be open to more intersectionality with who they allow into the country, but also that we applaud them and they are doing a beautiful job of remembering what happened to them when they were invaded and murdered and basically robbed of a life. World War II was brutal, man. And I don't want us to forget. I want us to relive those memories so that we never repeat history. History is exactly that. And it should stay that way as history. We must learn from it or who the fuck are we? You can name three things that you've learned from history right now off the top of your head. What do you know about your family's lineage and World War II? Go ahead. On my side, I know my family escaped Nagasaki by 100 miles. They saw people getting killed in their fields in Japan. They had to flee from Tokyo back to Kyushu. And I also know that my grandpa survived an awful experience, which which also I wish I could almost be a fly on the wall watching how he escaped off of that train. I also know the women in my family, my babcha and bachan. Babcha is a grandmother in Polish and bachan is grandmother in Japanese. They became friends later in life when we had a family reunion in New York, very suiting when I was four years old. Watching a woman who prayed on a rosary and a woman who prayed on mala beads. Wow. I mean, I wish I wasn't four when that happened. (laughs) I wish I was 40 where I am now. (sighs) So beautiful. I know that those two women raised four kids each during World War II. Not everybody survived. Tough times, ma'am. We go back to what we revert to at the beginning of this podcast and that we are grateful for where we are. Please pay a debt of gratitude today and donate. You can donate today to these few foundations, rescue.org, networkforanimals.org. Please watch 60 Minutes on CBS News. The title of the story is Slava Ukraini. And it is by Scott Pelley on March 6, 2022. It's an incredible story. Well written, well received. NPR also has a website that they dropped on 
how to support people in the Ukraine, including Doctors Without Borders, Voices of Children, Save the Children, the UN Refugee Agency, the International Committee of Red Cross, Save the Children, CARE, International Medical Corps, and I will put this link in the bio. I applaud to everyone who is out there, and my goodness, the Polish people have showed us what a good neighbor is. Although not perfect, wabi-sabi, they are doing a damn good job, and we need to thank them. Poland, we thank you for being incredible citizens of humanity and descendants of World War II that never forgot where they came from. All things will repeat themselves. If you are a good person in this world, remember that karma is real. Things do indeed come back to you. Be good to thy neighbor. I personally apologize to anyone I've ever hurt in my life. I am so sorry. And I am not perfect. I am learning every day. But I also know the value of hearing an apology from another friend. That is all like in my personal life right now. But I know that personal life, current events, and also learning on how we can be better people through wellness and health is the intersectionality of this podcast. By definition, wabi-sabi has really no meaning. It is originally a derivative word from war. And I will explain that to you guys maybe, perhaps, on another podcast. Let's learn from history and let's be good to our neighbors. Let's donate to the causes. And let's remember, yeah, sometimes I go off on weird tangents on this podcast, but that's what makes it wild and weird. And that's why you like me. And that's why you like your friends. I really pay a debt of gratitude to my friends Carly and Courtney. Thank you for being my friends once in sixth grade, once in fifth grade. And I really think in a weird way, when we look back on our past and we put those pieces together, we can see the formation of our life like right before our eyes. And for those of you who are young, if you are in a tough place, I will say this. When I was 20, I was dying to be 40. And now that I am almost 40, I feel at peace with who I am because I am much wiser than I was 20 years ago. It's okay to have a few wrinkles here and there, especially when they're on your brain. I hope you guys have an amazing week and you have a good think about the three things that you know about history. Where was your family during World War II? And why is this intersectionality so important to what is happening now in the 21st century? Make sure to donate right now. Someone's stupid making a phone call, sorry. And (laughs) I don't know why I don't turn that off. Damn it, I was just getting really serious and now it all went to shit. I'll answer more questions next week when everything comes to fruition. Um, And I start opening up a little bit more because right now, We are in a place where we do need to think in deep thought and we need to be still and we need to go inward. Have you gone inward lately? Please meditate, pray for others and be a good person. Practice good deeds and good morals and look to the wise for answers, not to TikTok. Take a deep breath in. 
and take a big breath out. Start reading some new books, guys, because you can't take TikTok with you when you die. But you can certainly take your spirit and wisdom with you by reading some more books and educating. 40 minutes on the dot like a badass. Ciao. <laughs>